Welcome to the Realities of College Recruiting Podcast, where our team of former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts tackle the most critical college recruiting topics. With guests including college coaches, MLB pro scouts, and industry insiders, we will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in your college recruiting process. The Sports Force Podcast is powered by our partner, Five Tool Baseball. Okay, let's start the show. All right, awesome. Thanks for joining us. We got Coach Alan Dunn from uh, from the Bayou down there in uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, Coach, how you doing, buddy? Man, everything is is rocking along, you know. And this, as we all talk about this new normal, and uh, we're hanging in there, you know, dodging a few hurricanes here lately, and trying to get a little practice in when we can. So we're we're doing well, though. Absolutely. Well, we're going to dive into a couple different things. Definitely talk about uh, kind of the the history of LSU baseball and and kind of what brought you, what lured you away from pro ball. We're going to talk a little bit about kind of where recruiting is um, and then talk about the big thing you and I connected on when we met face to face at a game and kind of spent probably over an hour uh, talking about just baseball and, and the impact that uh, that you get to, to make as a coach in young men's lives. Um, Absolutely. You remember that conversation? We were breaking it down. Yes, absolutely. I don't. I don't know what we saw, but we sure did go after it a while. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, I think you know. I think back to that conversation, and what struck me was uh, just, you know, why you're in this whole uh, th- this coaching industry, and 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 why you're doing what you're doing. You've been doing it over 20 years at the professional level. Now you've been at LSU for quite a long time, so you've transitioned. Um, you know, share with us kind of just why the coaching and teaching spirit has just been, you know, part of your life. You know, Andrew, that that's something that that when I look back in my life and as I was going along this journey of uh, even a young a young guy, even in high school, you know, my aspirations were to be a big leaguer. I mean, that that's where all my eggs were in that basket, so to speak, you know, and, and unfortunately, uh, was unable to fulfill those dreams of being a player to get to the big leagues, um, but was fortunate enough to get there as a coach. And that was something that was, was the highlight of my career at at that point. Um, But, you know, as a player, back in those days, I always thought, well, if I didn't get there as a player, then I knew I always wanted to coach. Uh, just something that, you know, the game had been in my, it had been in my gut for a long time, you know, it's starting out as a five-year-old kid and, and playing and it just became part of me. And so I was like, if I can't be a player, then I definitely want to go into coaching. So my days were over as a player and obviously transitioned to that and actually got into coaching um, in college was my first job, I actually coached at Vanderbilt for two years. Uh, and then I transitioned back into the professional game. And, and as you alluded to, spent the next 20 years uh, as a coach in the minor league system and then eventually getting to the big leagues. But, um, you know, it, it was just that, I think, that call to, um, to hopefully do something that I love to do was baseball, but then hopefully have an impact on young men that, that you could teach them more than how to slow, throw a slider down in a way, but, but teach them more um, than just doing that. And that's something that has been a fulfillment in my life personally. And, uh, and along the way, 
have been able to stay in the game and compete game in and game out and have that, that, uh, uh, that competitiveness that, that we try to fulfill when you don't play, but you still get it as coaching. So that's kind of how it transitioned for me over the years of, of playing and then coaching. Yeah, I remember our conversation. We were talking about the type of players that you like to recruit. And one thing that stuck out was just you're looking for guys that are that are willing to compete, understand that um, what they're getting into, into, you know, Power 5 SEC baseball is every damn weekend it's a dogfight, you know, against these conference, you know, opponents. Um, why don't you share a little bit about, because you kind of blend a little old school with the new school. Um, maybe share a little bit about, I guess, your, your kind of teaching, coaching philosophy on that end. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and you know, w when we're absolutely recruiting, uh, one of the hardest things, I think, to do is judge makeup, is judge character. You know, it's, it's, it's a hard thing. Um, and especially now when we haven't been able to get out this summer, Mm -hmm. to see players compete, which is when, when I'm recruiting, that's one of the things that I really want to delve into is how are they competing when they don't have their A game? And you see that, okay? And that's something that not being able to see it has been a hard thing. But, you know, so you spend time talking on the phone and trying to get a sense of what's this young man about? Because you just, again, you alluded to it in this conference and Week in and week out, you know, you're playing against players from the other teams that are big leaguers as well. And, and you've got to have guys that have the ability to um, bring that game to the highest level possible. And we know in the game of baseball, it's really hard. So you're not going to have your A game every time. Mm -hmm. But I want to see that guy that when he doesn't have it, that you can't tell he doesn't have it. He's got that that thing about him that that we all know what it is. Hard to put into into yeah. words sometimes, but you know when they got it. And um, so that makeup for me is is it's kind of like one A and one B skill set. Yes, you got to have it to play at the highest level. But if you don't have that makeup, that skill is only going to take you so far. So when we're trying to bring guys into our program we're trying to find that guy that can, can, can bring that in, that can, can mesh with the other kids that we're bringing in. And when you've got a lot of dudes like that, you got to have a chance for a pretty good program. And uh, I, I just think that, that that is at the utmost of our, um, uh, I guess, top of our list when we're trying to bring guys in. The makeup is so, so critical. But again, it's the hardest thing to, to try to find sometimes, you know. And yep. so as we recruit, you know, we're fortunate enough to recruit nationwide. And, um, and, and we're trying to, to go out and, and find those kids that we, we believe can be difference makers, not only on the, on the field, but off the field. Um, and, and when you feel like you've got those guys, you, you, you feel like you're in a good place. So that's just something that, that we, uh, we put at the top of our list. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of programs, I mean, I, I played at Arizona State, Coach Murphy, we had a, a few little sayings like being, you know, two feet in and committed, palm down, being, you know, in it for the team, not with your palm up, like asking what the what the program can do for me, but what I can do for the program. I'm curious, um, 
you know, down there at, at LSU, what are some of your guys' uh, you know, kind of commitments or principles that you try to instill in, in your players that are, you know, like the things that are on the wall. I've been in your guys' locker room and the whole the, the whole setup and the ping pong table with the purple and, you know. So yeah. I'm just curious, like, um, you know, what are some of those just key principles you and Coach, you know, really hit on? Well, I, I can tell you one of the things that, um, you know, our – our thing is a pitching staff with, with me being the pitching coach and things that I'm looking for and, and guys that, that we're going to bring in to be, to be on our staff is, you know, one of the things that, that, that we kind of go by year in and year out is what's going to be our identity. What, what is the identity of our pitching staff? And, and this is basically what we have decided that that's going to be our identity. And that's, we're going to be aggressive, strike throwing competitors that are going to take care of my teammate. That's kind of what our, 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 our mantra is. And, and, and I think that, you know, when I talk to my guys about that, I say, listen, I want each one of you guys to have goals of what you want to achieve when you come to LSU. And I mean, I want that list to be as long as your arm, Mm -hmm. but I want it to be in the right context. I want it to be where, you're going to kind of put that on the shelf for the betterment of the team. Now that doesn't mean that I don't want you, I don't want you to do everything you can to fulfill those goals, but it's got to be, um, it's got to be layered the right way. And if you put your focus on, and this, I, I tell them a lot of like, if you put your focus on that dude sitting next to you, that if you say there's no way I'm going to let him fail, if I'm a reliever and I come in for that starting pitcher and he's got two run, two runners on base, they're not scoring on him. I'm not letting him get those runs. And I nope. said, if you take that, you know, if you take that approach and you totally sell out for that, if you look up at the end of the year, I truly believe your, your personal goals, you will have, you would have obtained those because your mindset is right. And that's a very hard thing to do in this, in this business, especially when it can be a, a self-absorbing business, you know? And, and so I think you, you try to manage those two things. And, and when you got all dudes kind of the old proverbial pulling on the same rope, when you got that mindset, I'm telling you the things that you can accomplish are, are, are so great. And, and so that's something that we talk about a lot, you know, when, when we're in our pitching meetings, when we're on the field, um, and trying to balance those two things together. And again, that goes back to the very original thing we talked about is when you're bringing good makeup kids in, you're going to get that. And um, so that's just something that, that, you know, we're trying to establish is what is our identity going to be uh, year in and year out? And that's kind of what we hang our hat on. Absolutely. You know, it brings me up a topic I didn't plan on bringing up, but um Paint the picture for us, the difference between um, signing, you know, professionally out of high school and then going kind of the LSU route um, or, a, you know, a, a major school kind of pitching development route. Uh, you can speak to LSU because obviously that that's your um, program and, and, and pitching philosophy and whatnot, but it's, it's a different animal. And you deal with a lot of kids that you end up recruiting that have opportunities to sign and play professional baseball right out of high school. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious, 
You've seen it from both sides. Right. And what you're, what you're talking about um, typically doesn't show up in rookie ball in long, you know, long A ball or high A or, or double A or triple A where, you know, that buying and selling out for each other is being top down driven and being just part of the, 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 the true culture day in and day out. So if you don't, if you don't, you don't mind just sharing a little bit on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, as you talked about, you know, my background prior to coming to LSU was that 20 year period of being in professional baseball and having been away from the college game for a long time, you know, when you kind of get on that side, it was pro ball and the things that go on and, and what you're trying to do to develop guys at, at in, in the minor leagues, the whole goal is to get them to the big leagues. I mean, that's, that's what the minor leagues is for. So you spent your whole focus on the development process of doing that. And so being in that side and then coming to college and saying, okay, what's the difference? You know, is there a difference? Well, there is. I think the, the, uh, the differences are, are obviously you're trying to, in college baseball is obviously the, 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 the big thing is you're trying to win baseball games, which is at our level is very critical. Let's, I mean, I'm not trying to, to make, you know, uh, skate around that. Winning is at the utmost importance. But also, I think one of the things that we can do with that is you can develop. And, yep. and I think developing while competing and trying to win championships as well as develop the skill set of those guys, you can do both. And I think college baseball allows that to happen. And that is our philosophy here. We, we want to bring guys in. Um, have them ready to come in as freshmen um, and get significant innings. And then as their, their time here goes along, you want to have them prepared when they go into professional baseball to be on a, a – um, be on a direction to where they don't have to spend a lot of time in minor league baseball. You were a minor leaguer. I was a minor leaguer. And – Listen, that's, you know, we know that the, the show is the place you want to be, you know, sure. and when you go oh, yeah. baseball. And so you want to spend as, as the least amount of time as you can in the minor leagues. So we want to try to have those guys ready when they go in for that to happen. And I think that's something that, that being in, um, in the SEC, being at LSU, um, I think the, the level of play that you're going to be competing against game in and game out you're going to be ready when you go into professional baseball and there's a great chance for you to, to to go through a system fairly quickly and make it to the major leagues you know it's about being it, it's about making it a career not just hey i'm a pro player it's you want to you want to have a chance to provide for your family and develop a career that 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 you set your mind to to, to do and I know every kid that comes here has those aspirations so we really want to try to do those two things and I think college baseball allows that to happen now on the other thing I think that's it's very critical is you have a chance to develop uh, those those young men in a social way of things that 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 they come here they start gaining some independence they start uh, trying to figure out who they are a little bit within the framework of what our program is. But yes, they have someone that is 
helping them to manage that. So yeah. I think those boundaries, you know what I'm saying? Not that you're micromanaging, but there are things that, that you're requiring those, those young men to do and in, in a program and the things your expectations are. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You're getting your independence, but you're also being accountable to someone else. And I think that's a thing that college baseball allows you to do. So when you go out, you're a much more mature player. Now, I know there's some kids that come out of high school and obviously the opportunities that they have from a financial standpoint, um, maybe their maturity level, they're, they're obviously ready to go out in professional baseball. And, and so I, I think it obviously is a, a, a uh, case by case basis, but having been in pro ball for 20 years, transitioning to college, I've just seen what the college game allows these young men to be, uh, to be getting ready for. And, and uh, I, I think it's just a great opportunity to transition from that. Yeah, hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I know you keep in touch with a lot of your former players. Um, you had shared some last time, last time we talked a couple weeks ago, you had shared me some, uh, some photos of you fishing with one of your former uh, pitchers and, and getting some time. I'm curious if you can kind of rewind the clock. It could be a recent grad uh, or former player um, or from further along ago, but maybe a pitcher who came in, no scholarship money, just a pure, a pure recruited walk-on and came in as a freshman and then left as a, as, as a big impact type of player in the program. If you don't mind, maybe rewinding the clock and thinking about one of those guys that sticks out to you. Uh, do, you have, do you have someone in mind, kind of the, the walk-on story? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so my first year at LSU was uh, – I came in June of 11, okay? So my first season was 12. Yep. There was a young man who was in the program when I got here, uh, was a true walk-on. His name was Chris Cotton, left-handed pitcher from the Shreveport area. He had walked on the previous year, um, had, a, had a little bit of, you know, time was, uh, um, as, as a freshman. But then uh, that 12th season, um, he, be, he, began, he became a significant middle-innings guy for us. Um, and by the time he left, he was the all, he, he set the LSU record for saves in a season. Mm. And that was, our, that was our 13th season. We went to Omaha. Um, he saved 16 games. And he was a true walk-on. Really, no one knew about him. He walked on the campus to give Coach Maneri the, the props on this. I think he saw him. And he was left-handed, really soft tosser, but he threw strikes. And Coach Maneri said, you know what? There's, there's times when a strike is the biggest pitch you can throw. And so he had an opportunity. And to, to Chris's um, uh, credibility, he took the ball, took his opportunities. And I want to tell you, the last year he was here was just an unbelievable season. It was um, when Chris came in, it was the quickest saves you could possibly get. I mean, it was mm. one, two, three, shut the door. And, and he, just, he just solidified that back into the bullpen force. And for a guy that was probably, when he came here, 81, 82, when he came here uh, and he left, he was bumping some eights, but phenomenal changeup and just 
the demeanor of a guy that threw 96. You know, it just had mm. that that it yeah. factor about it. Um, and and it signed with the Houston Astros, got to AAA, and and kind of you know uh, ended up with a little arm injury, and and you know his his time was over. But here's a guy that went from a pure walk on to a AAA pitcher, and left as the saves leader, and took us to Omaha. So, you know, it's just uh, the game. That's the beauty of the game. You know, you you never know who it's going to be. And, you know, you talk all the time to guys about, hey, when your opportunity comes, you got to seize that opportunity. Not only do you have to close that window, you got to lock it and throw the key away and never give the ball back. Uh, And and, uh, those are such great stories of of guys that persevered. I, I just this made me think real quickly about I just watched the MLB and the guy that just threw the no hitter for the Cubs. Uh, I think his name, Alec Mills, I think is his name mm-hmm. walked on the Tennessee Martin, I think, and, and um, ends up pitching a no hitter in the big leagues. You know, it's just, that's why you do this game. You know, you, you never know who it's going to be. And, uh, but, but Chris was such a big instrument, uh, instrumental part to our program. Yeah. I would say for players and parents, you know, listening, like, that is the beauty of the baseball. You, you just don't know how much development is going to happen in a young man. And the transition years between, let's say, 16 to 22 years old, I mean, is such formative years in baseball because it is such a skill development sport, repetition, and becoming a master of your own mind and your own body to be able to do, whether you're pitcher, hitter, whatever it is, um, giving yourself putting yourself in the best environment to continue to, to continue to grow and develop. Um, I'm just a big, I'm a big believer in the college route for young men, as opposed to signing professionally. I was drafted by the Red Sox out of high school, chose to go the college route. Uh, I just think that there's so many more things that you can learn um, going the college route. Plus you and I talked about this briefly. When you get drafted, you usually, you don't pick the team that drafts you. So, you know, back in the day, Baltimore might have drafted you. I get to work with Alan Dunn. He's the pitching coordinator, da 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 That's great. But you might get drafted by another team that might have a different a belief system, a philosophy, or approach than what's going to work well with you as a pitcher. And when you choose your college, you choose your player development environment, um, which is it's really important. So if you don't mind, maybe talk a little bit about kind of what you guys have in place um, at LSU from a player development. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you got some of the technology and some of the development stuff. If you don't mind, maybe sharing a little bit on that. Absolutely. And I think just to kind of follow up with what you said about that from a development standpoint, you know, you, you think about going to, to college, whatever school you pick, there's a really good chance that you're going to stay with that same pitching coach for the two or three years that, you know, that, that you're there. Whereas in pro ball, you know, you're going to get one, maybe an A ball, then you jump to the next level and you're going to get another guy and, and then so forth. So you're really getting a chance to stay with that one person and kind of, he gets to know you, you get to know uh, both of you get to kind of, to, to, to make changes and um, um, do some things that, you maybe you have time to kind of work on and say, Hey, this didn't work. Maybe we can do this. And that's the beauty of, of, of doing that. So I think that's one of the things that college baseball absolutely allows you to do. Um, so I, I think 
um, you know, from a, um, from a development standpoint, you know, we want to, um, you know, let guys come in um, and um, be themselves. I think that, that one of the things that you have the luxury of doing, I think, from a college standpoint is we know who recruiting we know their skill set coming in but you really don't know what they're going to do when they first get on campus and I know as a freshman you know those eyes get a little big and you look at okay I'm looking around and I'm seeing the best of the best and so there's that little bit of a an adjustment period that I think is a critical part to the development side as a coach that reassuring those young men, and I don't care if they're blue chip or walk-ons or whatever the case is, everybody has that insecurity about them sometimes, you know, about is my stuff good enough? You know, is where am I gonna fit in? And and so I think that having that luxury to kind of transition to, into that, especially when we have the fall to do that, and that's kind of what we're doing right now from a fall standpoint of letting the guys kind of get a feel of who they are. So I think at the appropriate time, then we can start implementing in the things that you just talked about that what tools do we have that we can implement in that from the development side that we may be able to help those guys make those jumps a little quicker. And I think some of the things that are out there now that, that have kind of transitioned into the game, you know, you, from the pitching side, you know, the analytics of, you know, the, uh, the rap Soto, um, uh, pitching tracker machine or track man or edutronic cameras. Those are just some of the things that have, that have come into the game that are, again, they're great tools yep. and they allow you to do some things that, um, that can help the guys visually see things that maybe you're talking about. And, you know, today's player have, they, they have grown up in a visual world. And so I think having the luxury of being able to show them those things is a critical thing. Um, but on the other side, um, you know, it's not the end all, you know, those, those are tools. And it's still about that dude getting on that mound, competing, knowing who they are. Um, and that's never going to go away. That, that's, the game has been built around that for ever how many years it's been in existence. And we just now have the technology where we can help facilitate things maybe a little quicker. But, you know, also, if you're not careful, it's the old uh, paralysis by analysis, if you, if you will. Um, so you've you got to balance. And you got, I think that comes into the player you're working with. Who is a guy that can take that information and you're not worried about him overloading himself? Uh, and then you take the player that, that you're like, okay, if I give him too much here, he's going to outthink himself. And, mm -hmm. and so you trying to find the right balance, I think is critical, but I definitely believe that what we have at our fingertips, we would be foolish not to use. Um, and we, we, um, and we do. And I think one of the things that, that has helped me tremendously is, is we, we have young coaches on our staff, Nolan Kane, Eddie Smith, that, um, are tremendous at the new stuff. You know, they, they have great, they've got a great handle on that stuff, uh, which helps me tremendously. They can give me ideas, can give me feedback of how we can utilize this information. And then, and then hopefully I can take it and, and pass it along the correct way to our guys. Um, so um, I'm in on it um, and 
um, as you alluded, trying to use the old with the new and try to find the balance. And I think that's like in anything is, is, uh, yeah, it's not the end all, but it definitely is a great tool. Absolutely. And when, when you're recruiting players now, um, what are you telling them or sharing with them and the coaching staff sharing them about, you know, what it means to be part, part of Tiger Nation and, and just being, uh, being at LSU? Um, you know, Andrew, I, I think if you look at, you know, kind of what we have built our, our program on and, and it all started as Coach Maneri will tell you, you know, Skip Bertman is the, the godfather of baseball and, and, and he, he built this program. I mean, you know, five, five national championships in a 10 year period and, and, and he really established for the people of our community what baseball actually meant in the college game. I mean, he helped coach these, the fans on what it's going to take to establish a system or a program. You know, there's a lot of times that you can have uh, a really good team, but it takes a lot of years to have a consistent program. And I think that's one of the things that if you look at our, our program for the last 30 years that, that we've been able to year in and year out, um, uh, been able to compete for that championship a lot of, a lot of times. And I think that's something that, that Skip built in our program and Coach Maneri, as he says, he's been the custodian of the program, trying to, mm. to manage that year in and year out. So our players know coming to LSU, that's the expectations. And um, we're going to have a great fan support. I think we've led the, uh, the country in attendance 20 plus years in attendance, mm. you know, averaging over 10,000 fans a game. Uh, and, and they're very knowledgeable fans and they come to the park and they're, and they want to see a good product. They're going to back us and they're going to be in those seats and they're going to follow us to Omaha and, and, and they're going to do all those things. So with that comes the expectations of you got to bring your a game and they're going to let you know about it. If you don't, which I love, I, I want those fans to, 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 to be all in as opposed to, Hey, do we have a game going on with the box today? You know, that that's not happening now. Now, sometimes it's that, hey, expect us to go 56-0, and 0, and that's okay because, you know, they, they, they're, they're passionate. And so we tell our players, hey, you, you coming in, this is the expectations, and we're going to hold you to a high standard, and you got to hold yourself to a high standard. Um, and I, I think that um, that's just the beauty. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, our last time to Omaha was 2017, and uh, – you know, being there at, at uh, uh, TD Ameritrade Stadium and, and, and um, you know, looking up in the stands and seeing 20,000 LSU people there, you know. I mean, if that doesn't get your hair to stand up on the back of your neck, then, then you're, you need, you're in the wrong business, you know. And, and so our people, our players know that. This is the expectations. And, and I tell you, they come in and, and they know that and they embrace it. And you can just see it when we're in a – a weekend conference game and, and we're playing whomever and, and uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the, the electricity in that stadium. You can just see it. It just ups our players focus. And, uh, and that's what you, that's what you come to college for. And, uh, and, and we're fortunate to have that here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's an electric environment. No, no doubt about it. And it's a different animal than, uh, you know, I, I played in the pac 10 now the pac 12, um, it's just uh, tough to co tough to compare uh, to to having that type of fan support. Um, 
Talking about shifting gears a little bit, uh, obviously you guys are recruiting nationwide. Uh, you get players from Arizona, California, Colorado. You know, I've, I've looked at kind of your recruiting boards uh, with kids that have committed. Um, you know, we talked about something that I know you're passionate about, and that is um, the challenges of having to recruit early and, yes. and wishing that you didn't have to do it. Uh, but the, but the game's gone this this route. So um, I'm just curious, you know, what advice, you know, would you give to, you know, players, parents um, that are in this process and going, holy cow, it looks like, you know, that that school's gotten this kid and they're a 2024 and this is a 2023. And, um, you know, so shed a little bit of light on that. And uh, I, I know it's not uh, it's not easy and it can be, you know, often you know, frustrating as well to uh, have to recruit that many classes simultaneously is, is a lot of work. No doubt. And I'll tell you what, I, I can't uh, give kudos enough to our recruiting coordinator, Nolan Kane. I mean, he is phenomenal. Uh, he has a great pulse on the industry, uh, so many contacts, and, and he's just done a tremendous job of organizing our classes uh, and, and, and getting on the right players that we feel like are LSU players. Um, and, and so with that does come the challenges of, you know, recruiting these young kids, which, and you talked about it, I don't think anybody in the industry likes it, okay? I just don't think it is. And, and, but unfortunately, it has been created. So what you either get on or you get off. And, and so that's the, the, the way that we have, we have uh, taken hold of it. Um, and, you know, I still believe, though, when, when you're talking to these young kids and, and trying to, to, to tell them about your program and, and um, you know, I encourage them. I say, listen, man, you know, it, it's why be in a hurry? You know, what, what's, what is the hurry that, that being a young player that, um, you know, kind of bet on yourself, trust in your ability, knowing that if things go the way that, that you know, you're, you're planning for them to go and that you know you're going to put the work in and, and you're going to have opportunities. You're going to have opportunities for people to see you and, and you're going to find the right fit. I think that's the most critical thing of, you know, of finding the right fit for you as a player and as the school finding the right fit of the player. And, you know, I tell our guys, and, and I know Coach Kane does the same things, that, you know, LSU's not the place for every player. We, we will tell a kid that, you know. And, and, and um, so in order for that to happen, there has to be a relationship that's built. There has to be a time where you're spending. Now they can't come on campus. You know, you get them to camps, or, but you can't do that. And so you're yeah. missing an element, an element that's very, very critical. And um, so um, I, I think it takes time to, to develop the relationship and, and get to know that kid and, and then get to know the coach and what's, what's going to be their opportunity when they come to school. And, and um, I, I just I encourage kids to, to, to slow down a little bit. And, and, and uh, uh, now, listen, I, I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth here because we have committed young players. Um, we've done that, and and um, and we will continue to do that. But I think if if you were to go man for man and talk to every coach in America, I, I really believe that they would say the slower the better, uh, just because it 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 allows less mistakes to be made, 
Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're all wanting. You know, it, it, it's, it's a, it, one of the things that you don't want to happen is, you, you know, you're, you're, you recruit a kid at an early age and then come up two or three years later and, you know, maybe he didn't, um, you know, he didn't become the player that you wanted or, you know, he kind of wanted to go a different direction. And that happens a lot of times. And, and I think you just want to make, you want to make decisions and you want them to be as true as they can be. And, and it's just, that's one of the things I think early recruiting has, you know, can, can, um, can cause problems, but, um, you know, we're, we're trying to balance it. And as I say, we're, we're, we're doing it as a staff and, and trying to get on the players that, that we feel like that we, we can get a good handle on, but, uh, but at the end of the day, still a challenge and we're trying to do the best we can within the circumstances that have been built. Yep. Um, so, you know, I'd encourage parents to uh, to kind of look into that and and, uh, and and believe in their kid that their opportunities are going to come, and sure. uh, and and I do believe that happens. Now you go, you know, prior to this COVID nineteen, you'd get out to some different games. Obviously, the rest of the staff gets out to some games. Um, what are some of your pet peeves? You know, Kirk Sarlus has some of his pet peeves that he was he was you know putting on Twitter, um, just players' mistakes that are happening at the field that you're not even talking about performance mistakes, but just things that really kind of cross a player off a potential list. And you're like, man, I hate to see that. <laughs> you know, here's the thing that, that was one of those things for me is, you know, you, you go to the game and, and, and I think this is in baseball across all levels. Um, you know, the thing that has has become so prevalent now is you watch a game and, and you leave there and you go, man, that guy, he really ran that ball out hard. You know, he, he's a gamer. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I mean, that, yep. has, that has kind of become the thing where that's the, the, out of the normal. You know, yep. whereas – and I don't want to go back, hey, back in my day, you know, everybody hates to hear the old back in my day stories, but yeah. that was just one of the things that you played hard, you play hard just because you love the game. And, and, and it shouldn't be that, that something that is, is as elementary as running a ball out hard to first base shouldn't be something that somebody says, he ran that ball out hard. That's expectations. Yep. You know, and I know, and I'm gonna tell you, I remember a game, watching a game in Atlanta, and there was a kid that we were we were looking at, and and I went to watch him, and and uh, I saw his first at bat, and he hit a ball down to third base, and dude, you look up, and there's about a five three on the clock, and you go, ah, I don't think that's gonna be an LSU type player, you know, and uh, and and the thing about players, I think that they should, you know, they should should always remember is you're always being evaluated, whether it's with somebody you think that's there to watch you or not. Somebody's going to pick up on something that you may or may not be doing. And I'm going to give you a quick story, if it's okay, to uh, – yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, when I was a, a young coach with a Chicago Cubs organization, actually, it was my second year of coaching, and I'm coaching in the New York uh, – in the uh, Midwest League okay. in Peor Peoria, Illinois, and – so 
at the time, one of our general managers who was working with the Cubs at the time, and he's a gentleman that has, he's passed away now, but his name was Sid Thrift. Sid Thrift was a great baseball guy. He started back in the early 70s with the, uh, the Royals Baseball Academy and just a great baseball guy. Well, he was our general manager, and he came down to talk to our team um, of players about what it takes to get to the big leagues. And I was like, here I am, a young coach. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get some nuggets from this. And I was yeah. really pumped, you know. And, and um, so he had all the players in the locker room. And he said, hey, fellas, let me tell you something. He said, it takes three things to get to the big leagues. He said, you got to have the gift. You got to have the guts. And you got to have the gab. And I went, where is this going? You know, he said, the gift. He said, the gift is, is what's your ability. He said, everybody in this room has a gift. Some of you can hit the ball further. Some of you can run. Some of you can have great velocity. Whatever it is, you all have a gift or you wouldn't be sitting in this room. He says the guts. He said, what's the guts? He said, the guts is when you're in the 0 for 30 slump, how do you react? When you've lost your last three starts, how do you react? Do you pout? Do you sulk? Do you feel sorry for yourself? Or do you pull up your bootstraps and say, let's go? I, that's... That's what's inside of it. That's an mm. intestinal fortitude. He said, and then the gab is someone talking about you and not you talking about yourself. And I went, wow. You know, and, and I'm going to tell you something. That story was 30 years ago. And that has stuck with me till today. Because when I look at that, that's the game, you yeah. know, your gift. How you, the, the game is adversity. Everybody's going to go through it. I don't care if you're Mike Trout or whomever. You're going to go for the, through that four for 40 slump, okay? And, and you're going to get knocked out of the box and, you know, in the second inning. But how do you respond? And then somebody telling you that, hey, this dude gets it. This is a guy that I want on my team regardless of the situation. So, that, again, that has stuck with me, and I, and I just thought – and that's something I share with my guys. Every year we come back, that's something I share with them to, to hopefully that it resonates with them that, okay, I get it. I understand what it's about. Yeah, letting your play speak for itself. What a, absolutely. You know. absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. With baseball, everybody does talk. I mean, right now during recruiting process, like we're getting calls all the time from coaches just to get insight on different players. Mm -hmm. And you guys are trying to tap your network because you can't, you can't get to games in person. So it's like how many people are going to be able to talk positively about you as a player, as a person? Um, how many people in essence got your back? And there's people that might have your back as a player that you don't even know. They might be a pro scout for St. Louis that works in your area, you know, that, 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 you know, evaluate your area. It might be a cross check or it might be a volunteer coach. It might be a D3 coach because you guys are hitting up on different coaches at different levels because they're out there watching. So you just, you know, and it isn't to become paranoid as a player that you got to be on pins and needles, but it's just respecting and, and playing the game with honor. Um, and again, as you know, I kind of say when I talk to a lot of players, I say, you know, play the game for the passion. Like if it's in your heart, it's in your blood, show that you, you play with passion, play for your brothers, your, your, your teammates, uh, you know, that are there. 
and play to compete, play to get better. This game is the most beautiful game in the world because every pitch, it pretty much tells you, were you present and ready to perform? And it's usually a simple, yes, I was ready for that 2-0 fastball and hit a double in the gap, or no, I wasn't ready. Um, and the beauty of the baseball is uh, it, it kind of gives you that feedback every game. No doubt, man. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great way to put it, you know. And, and you just hope, guys, that, you know, and, and hopefully as, as mentors to young people and like yourself, and, and hopefully if you say that enough, that it, it begins to, 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 to resonate with them. They digest it and they truly get it, you know, and, and yeah. truly get it for the right reasons, you know. And I think that's where we can make differences in, in, in uh, because you know what? The game's going to be over for all these kids at one point, whether you play 10 years in the big leagues or, or, or you hang it up after your last college game, it's going to be over at some point. What have you taken away from that game that's going to help you to be a productive person of society, to have a family, uh, to be able to um, enjoy life in the ways that it was meant to be? You know, and, and that's I think, one thing that the game does for you. And, and if you if you take away the things that that you learn from it and uh, it, as you said, it is a beautiful game, man. And, and uh, it, it'll it'll find you out and it'll take you to the mountaintop. But I'll tell you what, it puts you in that valley. But you know what? And that's life. Right. One day yep. we're we're experiencing this and the next day we're we're experiencing that and how to you know, try to keep it all as, as even kill as we can. And, and uh, I think that's uh, just such a tremendous lessons that we can learn from that. 100%. Well, Coach, always a pleasure getting deep with you and talking about life and baseball and, uh, and, and the impact that you're making. Um, I just wish you guys, your family, and uh, the LSU family, just nothing but uh, health and wellness right now. Um, and we will be in touch, but thanks again for your time. Uh, tell the rest of the boys on the staff I said hello. Um, and uh, any, any final words? Well, uh, Andrew, again, I want to echo what you said. I, I've uh, obviously enjoyed talking to you as we, we did back in the summer of two summers ago, I think. And, and, and again, that started this, this relationship with you and I, you know, just picking up and, and talking about how the game has benefited us. You know, I, I am so fortunate when I look at it and, and say, man, you know, I've been able to do this 30 plus years. And, and if, if I can get a few more in, you know, I can go, Hey, I never had to work a day of my life, you know, and I truly believe feel that. And uh, so, you know, you, you come across people and, and uh, you know, as you always say, you're one or two people away from knowing everybody in the world in baseball. And 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 as I say, we've developed this relationship, and and I think that's the thing that uh, that baseball allows you to do. And and um, so I appreciate you having me on and getting a chance to uh, to talk about these things. You kind of get my my juices flowing because we we we've been so limited here for the last six months of, of yeah. getting on the field and. And so talking about it kind of gets me going as well. So again, thanks for having me. I'll look forward to our next conversation and you guys stay safe out there and, and uh, uh, please reach out and, and we'll, we'll do it again. If you ever have the time or want to do it. Absolutely. Coach. Thanks again, buddy. Um, thanks, man. Take care. Enjoy your weekend. All right. Talk to you later, man. Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast 
and our partner Five Tool Baseball. You can easily subscribe on iTunes and check us out online at Sports Force Baseball for every past episode of our podcast. If you want to ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at SportsForceBB and Facebook under SportsForce Baseball. Be sure to join us on our next episode of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year one, it's a 40-year one.